Hello, welcome back to Art School Taught Me. This is, I don't know what episode, but it's a part of this series I'm doing where I interview local Filipino artists. Is it safe to call you guys artists? Um. <laughs> I just recently started uh, putting my art out, so mm -hmm. I'm not really sure if I deserve the titles. So. Oh, okay. the, uh, there was this one like philosopher or something that said, you can call yourself an artist, and then you're an artist. Like it doesn't matter what you do, as long as you say you're an artist. I, I don't know how like. Philosopher. I think we've heard of him in our few class. Mm -hmm. There's so many old dudes things, a lot of stuff. There's a lot of old dudes. Uh, anyways, we got sidetracked. Today we have two special guests. Hey, I'm Robbie. Hello, Robbie. Hi. Hello. <laughs> and hi, I'm Joey. Joey, hi. And um, you guys are from where? Uh, I'm like living. Sure. I, I'm living in Las Piñas around, mm -hmm. the area, around mm -hmm. the area, but I'm currently a student in University of the Philippines, Los Baños, in Laguna. Right, yeah. right. Uh, I'm from San Pedro, Laguna, but I actually go to school with him. Uh, I'm also from UPLB, so we're yeah. org mates, basically. Yeah. Oh, That's how we, we know each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, um, first things first, I should put a disclaimer that we're next to like what looks like a concert i think so or like a mall tour of some sort a mall tour? maybe i'm not sure so the audio is not going to be the best quality we're on iphones right now yeah um if it's loud i'm sorry that's the best <laughs> we can do so basically how this all started was i put out a call on scouts closed facebook group yeah family and friends are you family. a part of that too not yet i'm gonna ask him yeah. to, yeah. Add yeah. to that. okay okay <laughs> Uh, basically, I was calling out a bunch of local artists, anyone that's in the creative field, to like talk because I want to get the perspective of what Filipino artists are doing here. Because I think there's so much creativity in this yeah. in this like city, but it gets overlooked by the, like the rest of the world. No one really pays attention to the Philippines when it comes to art, so I want to shine a light on that because there is like so much creativity. I was at a like I was at that scout event, oh, I shouldn't name drop. I was at that <laughs> scout event and there's like so many cool people there and there's like so many cool brands. And yeah, that's why I'm doing this. So, Robbie, yes. what do you do? Um, well, I'm currently a student. I'm a communication arts student who is majoring in writing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's basically where my life revolves around. Yeah. And I also have three organizations. Oh, three? Um, one is where we are org mates. It's a philosophy academic organization. So oh, dope. Then, Wait, are you guys like into philosophy? Because I'm hella into philosophy. Well, I'm a, uh, I'm a philo major in college, <gasps> mm -hmm. so yeah. you could say I'm kind of into philosophy, yeah. but not not that much. Mm -hmm. I wish I was in his course. I was in his distinct. Yeah. His degree program, he shifted, I didn't. Yeah. I was, in my first year, I was a philosophy major as well, mm -hmm. but I shifted to communication arts. Is there is there a reason behind uh, that? It was really my first choice in the campus. Mm -hmm. it, uh, ever since high school, I wanted to go to a course that's related to communication. So every school that I went to, or like exams to, um, the courses that I put is, are there, they have communication in their titles, mm -hmm, so, yeah. so it was a natural progress to shift, shift. to communication arts. Right. Yeah. So philosophy, 
uh, what is it called? Uh, BA philosophy here. BA philosophy. Uh, then also I'm part of a film organization, and then in an organization that specializes in poetry. Oh, That's the wow, very you're so cool. Philosophy, <laughs> film, yeah. and poetry. I won't say I'm cool. What? Look at your hair. What are you talking about? Well, no Rome style shit. I get that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I get that a lot. It's so dope. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, What's your film circle called? Uh, UP Film Circle. Oh, it's called the film UP Film Circle. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And the poetry one? Uh, Samahang Live. And then the fellow uh, organization is called UPLB Sophia Circle. Mm-hmm. So the, that's my three organizations. Wow, you're and busy. Yes, I am. Thank you for taking the time. I'm kind of free. I'm, I kind of left the manuscript writing, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, set aside that a little bit uh, for the vacation, just to rest and relax. Yo, you need that, you need to, yeah, you need to relax, too been, much work is... It's been a stressful semester, oh, so really? it's, it's, I need sleep, sleep. especially. Right. Yeah. It's, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, Joey, what are you doing? <laughs> who, who is Joey? Well, uh... I mainly sketch and I try to I try to uh, delve into digital, digital art, but uh, I mostly sketch. Uh, uh, like him, I'm into uh, film, but I don't really have an art for that. Uh, I study BA philosophy in UPLB, so my head's full of angry old men debating about <laughs> debating about shit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It really is just a bunch of angry old men, huh? A lot of or times. Like, or I like mean, just really pent-up aggression about society. A lot of times, especially, uh, I think uh, it was Camus or someone. I forgot his name. Albert Camus? Yeah. I, I like him. Uh, oh, you're not in him? Uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm more of into a Marxist perspective, mm-hmm. so, yeah. But for, for, for a lack of time i usually just hold up in my dorm in los banos and watch series and then uh slightly do my thesis because i'm supposed i was supposed to graduate like a year ago i didn't because i couldn't make my thesis it's so hard to think of a topic when there's like a lot of topics that you want to pursue but <laughs> your advisor is i don't know it's so hard to impress <laughs> I'm nervous around him. I'm always nervous around him. Are they like hella strict? No, he's actually pretty cool. I'm, I just, I don't know. I think it's college. I just feel dumb when I'm around some of my boys. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> feel um, that as well. So, so that's you. Anything else? Um. Well, I'm a feminist. If mm-hmm. That's uh, if that's anything to me. Yes, it's important. important. To say. It's important. <laughs> uh, actually, before I went to UPLB, I was like this really traditional person. Like, you know, uh, um, I was not really into uh, LGBT rights. I wasn't into feminism. I, uh, I was think I always thought that uh, if I just worked hard, I'd reach God level of wealth like that. Uh, that's because uh, that's what my family taught me to believe in. And then when I entered UP, uh, well, a lot of uh, a lot of discussions, both inside and outside the classroom, mostly outside, because you know 
repressed, repressed policies sometimes. Uh, but mostly uh, outside classroom discussions uh, changed my perspective and I think that has affected a lot of what I'm trying to do with my art. It's just so difficult sometimes because you doubt you, you doubt yourself a lot of times. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if I'm making anything relevant. Doubt is like one of the biggest creative killers. True, true. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I'm making anything relevant or worth uh, doing. So I'm just thankful that there are people who like, no, just do it, just do it. And then, yeah. Mm -hmm. In the Philippines, I know that School is huge. It's like you need to. It's you need pushed. to graduate. Yeah, yeah it's like have a degree. When, when I'm like in family events, there's always like three questions they ask. The first one is, "Did you eat yet?" <laughs> Second one is, "Where's your girlfriend?" Oh, right, yes. right. And yes. the third one is, "How are your studies going?" It's always that seems like that's always like what I've been, I've been, I've be, I am being asked. Yeah. And. In the U.S., the arts are treated not so seriously. It's kind of like a joke in terms of like if you tell someone <clears throat> I'm going to, to like college and, and I'm going in an artistic field, they're like, the, f the first thing they say is like, so what's your backup plan? Like, uh, it's like kind of like a doubt thing, like they yeah. don't believe in what you're doing. So in the Philippines, like I said, studies are very important. How do people... Or how do your families react when you tell them, like, I'm into art, you know? Like, do they, are they, are they accepting of, of being, of you being an artist? Or do they prefer you guys in a stable field? Uh, for me, it's, I'm the youngest of four kids. So, it was inculcated in me from a very young age that, you know, you need to graduate from college, you have, have a degree, have nice grades, and work, then earn money, and all those right. crap. But, so yeah, until now, it's kind of, uh, especially I'm in a communication, um, they were very supportive when I wanted to pursue a communication degree, like, they wanted me to go. Because uh, in high school, I wanted to be a journalist. Like, uh, journalism was one of like my dream jobs. Mm -hmm. But that changed in college when I realized how difficult and something quote-unquote quote dirty the um, world of journalism is. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, in their minds, they're still um, thinking of me as, or they want me to pursue. Uh, journalism even though I don't want to so yeah it's it's hard at times because you have this level of expectation that what you need to do after college will earn you money and and I have I don't think that it's that easy especially in my course because um, jobs in for people who graduated in the in the degrees like mine tend to have a hard time uh, finding jobs because again it is not that of a um, uh, marketable course uh -huh. I guess you can say mm -hmm. so yeah and, and I also want to I think everyone wants to graduate and have a job that he or she likes, but then again, still earn money. So right. I, th I think it's hard. So yeah, especially in 
especially as a graduating student. Next semester is my last semester. Congrats! Oh, thank you. you can do it. <laughs> um, it's and there's a there's pressure, especially to especially earn money. That's really the yeah. one thing yeah. that's monetary gain is like yeah. the focus. From, yeah, it, when you get a work or a job after college, mm-hmm. which is really what uh, I think many base their courses upon. Actually, um, I think a lot of uh, a lot of parents here in the Philippines are actually just family members. Uh, when when you tell them of the course that you pick, their first question here is. Uh, what's the job for that course? Mm. So that's like, if, if, if in the States your question when it comes to courses is, uh, for art courses is, what's your backup plan? Here the question is, um, uh, so you're taking up BA Philo, are you planning into going into law? Or if you're taking up a Com Arts, are you going to work in journalism, advertising, those things? Mm-hmm. Because uh, they, I don't think... Uh, I don't think uh, there's much appreciation for the arts here, even here in the Philippines. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, they're still banking on the marketability of, a, of the of the course, and if you're going to have a job after your college degree. So, yeah. It's, 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 what I've learned is, so I have a bunch of friends that have graduated college, and yeah. literally all of them. Their jobs now have nothing to do with, with what they made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, have, I have like four friends that are teachers now, and their, their courses were like nowhere near that. No, yeah. So I don't know what the, the huge focus is on courses or majors. Um, yeah, that was just a segue. But, anyways, you were talking about you, went, you wanted to be a journalist. Yeah. I majored in photojournalism oh. in art school. And when you say like, it's it's kind of a corrupt. It is. You it can is, yeah. you can you can pay to like, get your word out, even though it's not the truth. Yeah. Which is so shameful for like, cause like you depend on the news to, to like tell you the truth. Yeah. And when people get swayed by like money, it's like one of the worst things I feel like. You, cause you owe this like, the people. Yeah. You owe them like the truth. It's kind of fucked up yeah. that they, they take money. Yeah, that is also the, the reason why I don't want to pursue uh, journalism anymore because journalism is kind of like a system. You are, you, they, they are limits to the stories that you can tell. Mm-hmm. So if it's the story that, especially in UP, because uh, we are enlightened with different scenarios in the society about uh, different. Um, injustices that is happening so it is hard for a typical journalist to just report that because they have the are higher ups that says no you can't report that because you're part of this network or you're part of this team so it's kind of harder to bring those stories in the periphery to the mainstream especially so i think that's also the reason why i don't or the uh, want to pursue that path mm-hmm. kind of dwindled down so yeah yeah uh joey you're talking about you're in a sketching and your major is philosophy yes is is there like a correlation between those or did you just not want to major in the arts uh in, in my course in college uh actually i wasn't 
I was in high school when we were like filling up the forms of what co what college degrees you want to go into. Uh, at that time, I wanted to write, so I chose creative writing in another campus. But I didn't get into the campus, so. Um, but I also wanted to go into law at that time as well, so uh, I chose BA philosophy and I passed that program. So uh, I got into BA philosophy, and it was under the ex uh, expectation that I was going to law. But then again, I don't want to go to law anymore. I think. You think? I think. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure to make money. <laughs> uh, so there's that. But I, I do want to pursue arts, like not just sketching and drawing and painting, but also theater arts and uh, other forms of art as well. But I don't think uh, given my time in college and uh, given, my, given the restrictions that I have in the family and financial problems that I can mm -hmm. so I, I am trying to finish college first and then get my own job and then just do my own thing without them interfering because like family relations are really uh, really solid here in the Philippines oh, yeah family is important yeah. so like when when you're uh, when my mom uh, no when my grandma because she was the one who raised me with my mom who was a single mom uh, when my grandma does it uh, doesn't really like something uh, I tend to just uh, well I tend to fight for it but in the end I just okay let's just compromise and uh, I'll do this after I graduate right now I'll do what you want so uh, despite me wanting to pursue arts there was uh, there's this question of uh, of course uh, time because I'm I'm a delayed student in college and also there's also the question of money uh, how, how do I get to do this without having to further uh, push them into giving me the funds for right me? right right <clears throat> um, Wow having a brain fart hold on um, <laughs> the film circle yeah yeah uh, aside from this podcast thing I'm primarily a filmmaker myself so I love movies I love everything about them I'm also like a few years ago, I started screenwriting. Oh, so I have a bunch okay. of scripts. Okay. And um, I'm wondering if you've ever thought about writing scripts, because you were talking about a manuscript. Is that like for a thesis or? It's for a manuscript. It's I did a practicum last mid-year. Like it's oh, like what? an on-the-job on training of some sort. Oh, okay. So the manuscript is kind of like a, a thesis length reflection paper okay. <laughs> of that experience mm -hmm. but in, in regards to screenwriting I've actually taken a course on playwriting mm -hmm. in in my third year so and actually in the uh, in my organization we have this this thing called creative consultants which is I'm a part of so uh, the scripts that uh, of the films that we are potentially producing for a semester goes under us so we criticize them or like uh, point out the uh, things to improve on on the scripts but I haven't had the time to really sit down and write my own um, screenplay mm -hmm. I'm planning to do so this um, this vacation but I'm still not sure about it because I don't have a concept in mind. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. But you're still, you would still like the idea of you writing a screenplay? Yeah. That's something you're into? Yeah, I'm, Are I'm, you like, I'm interested in that. 
just just the screenwriting aspect or also the filmmaking aspect? I'm interested in directing, but uh, so far all of the the roles I took part on in the film project we did are more um, focused on logistics. <laughs> so a production manager, assistant director. So it's not really in the creative side that much, mm -hmm. but I really take interest on hopefully in the future to take part on more creative roles in a film production. Yeah. Yeah. Dope. <laughs> Dope. You mentioned that you guys hold screenings at UPLB. Yeah. What kind of films do you guys usually play? Um, it's uh, most of the times it's independent films or like from independent filmmakers. Uh, have you heard of Cinemalaya? No, I haven't. Uh, so Cinemalaya is this really popular, it's, it became a real big thing now. It's a film festival for independent films where basically independent filmmakers can showcase their works. Nice. So uh, sometimes our members go there to mm -hmm. watch films and then after that what the film that really we choose one film that we really want to uh, bring to Los Banos, then contact the producers, the directors, and hopefully to bring them to Los Banos. So yeah, a lot of independent films. What's it called again? Uh, the, the, the Film Festival. Yeah. Cinemalaya. Cinemalaya? Uh, and Cinemalaya. How, how many years has that been going on? Since... I think... I forgot. Quite some time, I think. Yeah. I think it was going on while we while we were in high school, but yeah. we just haven't heard of it. It really just came to our attention around college, and that was around 2014, 2015. Was it mostly like an underground festival, and then it recently became not mainstream, but a lot more people have found out about it. It's not really underground per se, but it it was a small film festival of some sort mm -hmm. at the start. Then it gained popularity as years gone by and uh, especially now where like indie films are kind of popular in the Philippines right now. Mm. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. So, Relatively. So. Most people are tired of the commercial films oh, here. I, I was about to like talk about that. I'm yeah. so I was <laughs> so frustrated from I guess from an outside perspective looking into Filipino cinema. Yeah. I'm so I'm angry that all international people see from the Philippines is are those like cheesy, like Rump. over the top comedies, Com like rom-coms, uh, yeah. and it's clearly just for like, like monetary gain. Again, yeah. there's no serious like filmmaking drive behind those movies. It's just here's this here's this thing. Yeah. Give us some money, and it like really frustrates me because I'd love to see a bunch of like indie films, but I have no idea how to like. What's the word I'm looking for? To like access them. Uh, yeah. Like, what do you think about mainstream films? It's it's a really common thing we talk about with my, um, especially with newer members when we got to talk about, because um, mainstream films are really commercially driven. There's like two or three main um, movie production houses here in the Philippines where they produce. Yeah, the rom-coms, the comedies, and things like that. And there's 
and we talk about in our classes. There's a formula when it comes to how they produce these films. And uh, I personally like indie films more because mm. they're, uh, the themes are more diverse. Yes. But uh, as I said earlier, um, indie films are gaining popularity. So this uh, bigger uh, production houses tend to either get uh, smaller filmmakers and make films for them mm-hmm. or like do films that looks like indie films but it's looks actually, like indie films yes yeah, um there's this like aesthetic i guess you can say like seems like a dirty word now yeah yeah <laughs> right like, um like tumblr s shots mm-hmm. kind of uh films or like themes that are more related for example to the lgbtq plus community or something like that but it's actually produced by more mainstream or uh got by mainstream film houses mm. for because of its commerciality so i guess the line between mainstream and indie now is kind of blurring in in a sense mm-hmm. but for me personally i still see the importance of watching i still like watching um mainstream films and and both and also indie films i still see the importance of uh talking about mainstream films its problems what does it do to the current like realm of film in the Philippines right. or industry it's there's 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 no there's nothing wrong with mainstream mainstream films, films. Yeah. The only problem I have with it is it seems like that's what's saturating the industry. industry yeah. And like you said, if it's blurring, I guess that's that's a good that's a good thing. Even though yeah. it's it seems kind of like a like a front. Like you were saying how indie aesthetic looking yeah. films are still owned by big corporations. Yeah. Um, do you see like a change coming soon, or do you think it's more of just? It's popular now, so that's why they're they're making their films look indie. It's more of like again, just a just a front. Front. Yeah, pro- they will. I guess they will tackle this indie fight version of their um, of their films more in the future. I hope that actual independent filmmakers gets more um, highlight like actually not only because sometimes this uh, bigger film houses gets popular um, actors or actresses or uh, already established directors to do their films but in a way that looks like an indie film or they market it might market it as an indie film so I hope for me personally in the future that this bigger production houses especially if there's like what we call a blurring of the lines between independent and mainstream they take on uh, lesser known filmmakers and make films for them or yeah. like tackle more themes that are not more your, complex yeah more complex not your typical <laughs> rom-com or comedy or family drama right yeah. Is there, um, how difficult is it as an indie filmmaker to like, not just at least break into the industry? 
is it do you think it's like super tough here because of how how one-dimensional mainstream movies are uh, well it's kind of tough because a lot of the audiences that uh, watch films tend to gravitate towards the uh, more mainstream films, so comedy, rock. So they're not like sick of that stuff. No. No. Yeah, because I don't. I don't think like they're not sick of it. It's just more of the companies don't really give them options into to what yeah. they could uh, they could watch. Because uh, there was a time when uh, Metro Manila Film Festival around 2016. 2016. I think. Uh, it, mostly showed uh, indie movies or at least movies that weren't from the powerhouse uh, studios and people did watch them uh, people did watch the movies uh, but of course it was marketed or advertised as less successful because there were no family films or comedies but I think um, it's not merely just because people aren't sick of it it's also part of the culture that these uh, studios have been trying to cultivate uh, it's been a while uh, it's been quite some time since uh, indie films were really given avenues to to be shown to be access- accessible to uh, to the masses to the audiences so I think I think it's not just because people aren't really sick of it mm-hmm. it's more of an issue of these companies have a monopoly and even the cinemas are quite selective of what they're going to show show, so you could you you could actually see uh cinemas here that they're only showing like two three movies uh usually like superhero movies and then if there's a pinoy film that's out there's gonna be a showing of that but mostly it's just the mainstream movies that's going to show and then maybe one just one tiny spot for for the indie film that's showing that time so i think it's not just the uh, problem with the people but more of the monopoly of the industry Mm -hmm. are there any outlets that indie filmmakers can get into yeah there's a lot of film festivals that are like rising now for one is cinemalaya then uh, there's another one it's called uh, Pista ng Pelikulang Pilipino which is actually more interesting because it's like one week where um, bigger cinemas like in bigger malls or mainstream malls are like kind of kind of required to uh, showcase this film oh, nice. which is not uh, more independent film so mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of film festivals that are like rising um uh, here in the Philippines, regional film festivals. There's also um, in UPLB. There's what we call uh, Pelikultura. Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, Southern Tagalog, Southern Luzon uh, film festivals for students, for filmmakers in the uh, region. So yeah, there's uh, the um, film festival scene in the Philippines is kind of a rising thing. There's definitely yeah. interest, though, right? Yeah, That's there all. is now a. Um, a bit of highlight towards indie films mm-hmm. right now. Um, what else? What else is happening? I lost my train of thought. I have, my, <laughs> I have notes, but they're in those two phones and not in this phone. Oh. Um, as far as like philosophy goes, let's get into that. Okay. I know there's people that listen to this that are into philosophy, so. Okay. Um, 
You said that like you're gonna be bored. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> uh, philosophy was, um, I, I think here in the, in the Philippines, uh, it's uh, how do you call this? There's like this uh, bad image of a philosopher because uh, there's there's this uh, Tagalog term. I think it's Tagalog. Uh, it's called philosopher, and it's it's basically if, if, if when you see how it's portrayed in uh, books and films and in Filipino TV series, it's basically like uh, the gago or the the, the bastardized uh, smart cracking smart ass mm -hmm. basically. And and when you when you say to your family, they sometimes say. Uh, uh, when you say to your family, uh, you're you're taking I'm taking up BA philo. Ano ka philosopher? Mom, no. Right, right. So there's this notion of that, and then of course, um, uh, the way that some philosophy students argue are very, very critical of of uh, the status quo of and religion, 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 is, politics, uh, a, a lot of stuff in in general. Is do you think that term came came to be because of philosophy's like stance on religion, um, or like you know, like how how combative it is. I think it's more of the fact that it's very combative at some point. Uh, but uh, in the Philippines, when we use the term philosopher, it doesn't actually mean that you're smart or you're uh, anti-establishment. It's more like you're a nuisance. You're annoying as with all your wise cracks and mm. smart as comments so you need to shut up sometime right. uh, I think that kind of reminds me of Socrates, though. Socrates. <laughs> with, with all the annoyance from the people in the marketplace so there's there's one uh, but I think uh, mostly when uh, when we're discussing about philosophy here in the Philippines um, well first it's it's still seen not as not as field in itself but it's Seen as like a gateway course to law or whatever field you're going mm -hmm. into. So when I took up law, I, I when I took up philosophy, I saw it as an uh, entrance course to a pre-law, pre-law course, and then you go off to law, and then you just say goodbye to all the philosophers that, really? <laughs> that troubled you. Uh -huh. But then um, when when you see how some of my professors teach philosophy, I kind of develop. A love for the field because it's a very interesting field and it's a shame that uh, people don't really see that mm -hmm. and then there's also um, the problem of actually understanding uh, philosophy uh, and the philosophers that you're, you're going to be discussing because uh, recently uh, uh, there was a curriculum change in high school so there was uh, previously you had to study four years in high school and then you go to college so around 2015, I think, or 2016. Yeah, around those years, uh, it became like uh, six years. So you go like four years of basic high school or uh, junior high, and then you get two years of senior high, which you specialize in a field. So there's there's STEM, there's humanities and social science, there's IT, I think, and there's uh, physical sciences. I I forgot the other fields, but there's. Uh, there's this part in the humanities track that you, you get to study about philosophy and given that there is no appreciation or there's not enough study of philosophy as well, uh, when we talk to the graduates from that, from that curriculum, 
they mostly have a misunderstanding of the philosophers that we were, we were talking about in college. So like uh, a lot, I, I, I hear a lot of uh, new high school seniors say that they like existentialism and all that shit. But when I ask them about it, they can't really explain it yeah, yeah. coherently. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the problem with miscoding or using quotes from an entire book in the wrong manner like you quote Nietzsche and God is dead and God I fucking really, hate that quote <laughs> God is dead but you can't really explain it to me and I'm not gonna say that I know all these stuff because shit philosophy is confusing there's so much there's it branches off into so many different directions true and like when you actually start from Plato and then you go to every other philosophy you just Kind of lose track of your own argument in the process of it. Yeah. So, so there's there's like, an, I have this annoyance with, I have this annoyance with um, people misquoting and misusing arguments from Plato, from Nietzsche, from all those other philosophers, and it's actually quite prevalent here uh, in the Philippines, where sometimes it's pakul, it's cool to use these quotes. And then there's also a problem. Uh, I think uh, the term philosophical, uh, you, you get to be smart shamed as well because it's kind of a fact here. It's kind of a culture here in the Philippines that, uh, especially in online discourse, that when you raise a valid point or argument, you get bombarded with, you know, um, trolls on the internet with, uh, they smart shame you and they just like cuss at you for- What's up with that? I don't know. I think I think there's a lack of you know, I mean there's I think there's a, a lot of people who aren't really educated in a way that most of the privileged people who go to college are educated. So that's why there's there's this a backlash against people who sometimes raise valid points but at the same time you really can't fault them for it because the I mean government doesn't really provide quality education or any basic social service here so that's why you you can see how there this lack of education also shows how there is very little appreciation for culture for philosophy and everyone's just thinking money 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 because right. Because in, in this uh, this is a third this is a third world country or developing country, so when when you think of uh, education for higher education, a lot of people would rather just think I need to get a job because my family is starving, yeah. and you don't have any time to appreciate music or art or film mm-hmm. or philosophy. It's and like nuanced subjects are are very. It seems I don't want to say looked down on, but are like lesser. It seems. Or it is looked. Look down, down, down. or it's seen as a um, pangmayaman course, or like mm-hmm. it's for those who are privileged, who has the money to mm-hmm. to do film after graduating and not or not um, think about having a stable job or things like that. Mm-hmm. So there's that preconceived notion in art courses as well that it's a uh, for the rich or those right. privileged right. people. Yeah. As far as philosophers. I can't name a single Filipino philosopher. I think that's a problem. Um, uh, I think the 
education and philosophy here. It's at this point, it's very uh, how do you call this? It's very westernized. Uh, in UPLB, we go by the analytic tradition, and we actually study uh, mostly Western uh, Western philosophers, uh, philosophies, philosophers. We have a course on. We used to have a course on Indian philosophy, and we currently have a course on Chinese philosophy. But as for like uh, Filipino philosophy, there, the new curriculum, which I am not a part of anymore as an old person in college, uh, as an old person, uh, I think uh, they are planning to teach uh, Filipino philosophy. Mm -hmm. But um, I think there's also a, a problem with, um, there's also the problem of, the problem that you raise that there's no known Filipino philosopher. I think there's the discourse on uh, f uh, of having a Filipino philosophy, aside from the fact that we were highly colonized uh, yeah. back uh, back in so much like time, multiple times. <laughs> multiple yeah. times. Uh, so yeah, there's also that uh, that part that. So if we uh, we could actually argue sometimes that there is no Filipino philosophy or something like that. Yeah, well, for a country that's been colonized multiple times through the years, I would have thought there would have been at least someone that would have stood up and said what they thought, or like you know, like just give their thoughts to the public. And I I find it strange that there isn't anyone that we can read up on. Um, is this like philosophy-wise? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because like, you know, like, some philosophers rise from, like, re repression, right? Mm, yeah. So, like, the Philippines has been repressed for multiple times through multiple years. Why hasn't there been anyone that has, like, stood up, you think? Um, I think, well, I mean, philosophy-wise, you could, you wouldn't, like, particularly say that these people are philosophers, but they did leave, uh, an idea, an impact on the psyche of the Filipino people. So these are the people who are taught, uh, taught to us in history and social sciences. And we read their works, like Jose Rizal, we read their works as literary works or historical works, but not necessarily uh, philosophical works. And then uh, in contemporary philo, we do have um, philosophers, but they're not as uh, they're not as well known as Western philosophers because there aren't a lot of uh, there aren't there aren't a lot of courses or subjects at least in my college that teach about uh, Filipino philosophy. So uh, I really apologize, but I'm not that familiar with Filipino philosophers myself. If there are uh, and if there are notable, I will only hear about them like maybe in passing but I wouldn't have really read their works yet because we don't really get to discuss them in in, in class given that our, our UP is actually a colonized uh, school as well it was uh, it was started I think by Americans, Americans. so that's why we yeah. we have that. we have a mostly Western perspective of things mm -hmm. as well what do you think about that westernized mindset that the, that the Filipino has is it like a good thing is it a bad thing it's 
I don't know if it's I can't judge if it's a good thing or a bad thing because uh, Western concepts is the reason why we are able to criticize this like things but also there's this lack of what how can I say this like Sometimes uh, Western perspectives are not applicable as much to Filipino settings, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of hard because we are limited with this Western kind of resources and perspectives, especially my course. I think there's a lot, as like uh, in the philosophy program, a lot of the uh, perspectives that we talk about are really from the Western. Um, school of thought so yeah I think having a kind of western centric curriculum provides a western centric knowledge and we're not from the west yeah yeah <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> how it will work out but yeah so I think in that sense it's a bad thing mm-hmm. but then again that's all that we have so I think yeah, yeah. what else <laughs> um, I don't I don't know about the this uh, I mean Filipinos have uh, have been calling this Western mentality as colonial mentality where we think of states as a better option as a better culture people are richer and then I mean I'm not I, I have relatives in in states in New Zealand uh, and other parts of the world and uh, I think the problem with this uh, I think one of the problems why this Western mentality has also been like uh, propagating even more here in the Philippines is because we don't get to see genuine change in, in the country like we've been through a lot of precedents and there there uh, there is always this tagline when when election season comes uh, the most recent winning tagline is change is coming haha <laughs> <laughs> look there's no change <laughs> everything's just worse and i think this worsening uh, worsening colonial mentality at some point is just a reflection of how rotten the system is at least here in the philippines but if you actually look uh, to the other countries uh, there's there's just this sad thing where the other countries are poor as well uh, i mean they're not as they're not as glamorous as it's made out to the filipinos because i think uh, a part of of the reason why this colonial mentality has been staying aside from the rotten system here is that the Philippines in itself sells uh, the gla- uh, the image of the, these countries as uh, progressing countries. Like, uh, for example, there was this time where uh, there was the, this is one of the reasons why OFWs are very prevalent here because they know that at least in their mind, they know that they will have a better chance of getting jobs in other countries mm-hmm. rather than here in the Philippines. And they don't really care if, um, they don't really care much about, uh, you know, what kind of job that is. 
because they know it has a better pay in there. Yeah, yeah. So you could be a nurse, uh, you could be a doctor here in the Philippines and be uh, just because it's just for some people here, just a nurse in the other countries, but you'd still have a higher pay than than doctors here. And I think um, that's why in there's this uh, perspective that it's better you know, than uh, other countries. And plus the fact that there are some who, you know, really just, uh, there's an oversaturation of Western culture here as well. Uh, sometimes you would have to, if you're one of like, uh, richer people who has cable TV, uh, you'd, you would prefer to watch uh, a Western TV series over uh, a, Filipino um, TV a Filipino TV series because you're actually quite annoyed and tired of the, the Filipino TV series which is basically just the longer version of the commercial films here. So it's more of an oversaturation and uh, at least from my perspective, it's an oversaturation of the Western culture, uh, especially in middle class who, uh, middle class people who have access to those uh, those options, and then uh, and then of course the brainwashing, for lack of a better term, of uh, power uh, people in power that this country is better than the Philippines, so you should aspire to go to that country, aspire to have uh, that life. Why Why do they say that? Why do they have that mentality, though? People in charge instill that ideology to the Filipino when... Why export Filipinos when you can make the Philippines better, you know? That's a question we ask yeah. ourselves a lot. Yeah. I mean, like... Maybe it's a tough question. Yeah. The Western kind of, like, perspective is really inculcated even in the education system here in the Philippines. Well, the education here in the Philippines was brought by, like the um, uh, systematized education was brought by Americans. When So a lot of the known schools here in the Philippines, UP, USD, I'm not sure about Ateneo and Lasada, but I, we're, UP and USD were brought by the Americans here, were established by the Americans. So the system is very um, Americanized. And also the ideal of a Filipino education system is, again, like study, then uh, graduate, and have a job. Then a lot of the jobs that, or a lot of the courses that are being given importance in the Philippines are more of the science base or like those courses that a lot of American companies a lot or more like internationally marketable mm. so you can be you can go to this country and have a career there go to this country go to the US have a career there it's also the reason why there's a curriculum change in the mm. Philippines where they added the two years because so that the students uh, under who graduated in the Philippines will become more internationally competitive when it comes to I the workplace. <laughs> and it really is the term that they use international competitive in the workplace. So, yeah, it's really, I don't know why. Maybe because we've been colonized for like many years. So, there's this inferiority complex. I'm not sure about um, if these countries are better than us. It's it, maybe it was inculcated in the Filipino psyche or some. Mm -hmm. We gotta break that somehow. Yeah. It needs to like. But it's hard. 
the, the Philippines has such a rich culture, but it's overtaken by westernized, yeah. like, ideals. It is. Um, and I think, I don't want to say the problem is religion, because that's, like, a really harsh sentence to say. <laughs> but uh, religion is so intertwined with everything yeah, here in, in the, the Philippines. Philippines. And to separate church and state, I think is impossible here. Until you, unless you like literally wiped the slate clean, you know. Um, do you see a change possibly in the future, or is it just gonna keep going? It's just like stagnant. This this system. Hmm. Uh, for like the the change that is supposedly coming from. The president. Uh, well, uh, I don't think it's gonna be coming from him because, I mean, he is like he's a really confusing person at at best. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the change that you know the most people would want would not come from this from this system because, uh, well, a lot of the a lot of the problems like poverty and uh, lack of basic social services, lack of education. A lot of these problems are uh, systemic, and uh, given that this is, uh, given that these problems started from this system, I don't think it would be. I I think it would be a complete overhaul of the system that would guarantee this these changes. I mean, I I know that there are there are legislations that. Uh, progressive party lists and uh, senators are trying to uh, trying to approve but given that uh, a lot of politicians in the Philippines are corrupt and basically vile people uh, these uh, the these laws these bills could actually be a tweet by them for them to be approved and just uh they could be used uh, like a double it could be like a double-edged sword you get this but haha there's more corruption over here so uh, personally I, I don't think that a change from this system would be possible it has to be overturned uh, really overturned uh, not only religion but also a government a class system a lot of them High marks, but a lot of a lot of things would have to be done just to get, like, get there. Not just uh, not just laws, not just you know online discussions. It, I mean, it works at some point, but it's not the end of it all. What What do people think of the president here? Because uh, again, from an outside perspective, uh, all we hear, at least like <clears throat> in the U.S., is like the drug war. Like that's what we yeah. hear. What is it like? What's what do people think about it here? It's very split in a sense. There's people that uh, really dislikes the president because he's he's very problematic. His ideals is very problematic. But in the opposite side, there's these people who are really really solid supporters of what he stands for. So yeah, it's very 
polarized in a sense the the view on the president and also there's people that like oh yeah he's problematic but they're they're trying to be neutral about it but like he's problematic but what can i do it's kind of like that mm-hmm. I've, I've i've countered people who has that mentality and so it's really one or the other you're one or the other it's very reminiscent of the president um, of, yeah. of the United States. Yeah, it's, Trump, it's yes. para- parallel narratives. And they're like, and they're like yeah. bros, right? Uh, he backstabs him. If you, Does he? The president yeah. here is more of a Chinese, right? Chinese lapdog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but um, yeah, like what like what he said. Uh, a lot of people are polarized uh, or have different opinions of him uh personally I'm, i'm part of one of the groups that really hate him and are sick of his guts because why would you tell your soldiers to shoot a female rebel in the vagina it's pretty <laughs> He, fucked up yeah yes. so um that's not even like a joke that's yeah. just fucked up yes yeah. and and he's uh his spokesperson always just every problematic statement that comes out of his mouth is it's a joke it's a he joke. meant something else blah 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 blah, blah. oh please <laughs> but um personally the, the the president here i, I don't think I've, uh, i i think i've heard some of my friends talk about this and they kind of agree that at some point he rose to power the same way trump rose to power because uh, a lot of people were tired of uh democrats of liberals uh spouting this and that and this and that and then not getting real change mm-hmm. and they're still in a problematic system and they're victims of that problematic system here in the philippines um i think that that uh that uh, showed as well because our former president was from the opposite party although we don't really have a party system here in the philippines it's more of like you just side with who you think is going to win even though you've been in this uh, party for quite a long time But um, the former president, which is Anakino, he's what the people call Dilawan. Uh, what? Dilawan. What does like, that mean? He's from the Liberal Party, which is the yellow-colored party yeah, yeah. here in the Philippines. So uh, he was in, uh, in term for six years, and there wasn't there were there were worsening problems. Uh, there was the pork barrel scam, and then there was this Yolanda. Yolanda Fund. Uh, I'm, I'm not I sure. I forgot. Uh, I think there there was a problem with Yolanda, which is when uh, uh, this uh, really big shit storm just hit the Philippines, and uh, a lot uh, there was an area that was impoverished, and uh, f- uh, relief goods and funds were not getting there supposedly, or were getting there, but it was too slow. Uh, a lot of problems occurred in, in, in his term and then when the elections came uh, there was this underdog uh, who was like a manly man and he cusses a lot and he just promises that he will change the change is coming and then he repeatedly uses this war on drugs which is probably what the entire world has been hearing uh, that he will quote-unquote eradicate uh, the drug problem in the Philippines six months into his term. Look, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 
he comes in and promises uh, a lot of stuff to Filipinos who are sick and tired of the traditional politicians because all these politicians that have been campaigning for the previous election basically changed the words but were promising the same things like mm. education and no more poverty wow, less that's corruption like, that's like so, super similar to america yeah it is mm, it is so uh when when like this president the, the president now came and he just you know what fuck this bullshit i will kill all drug pushers and drug lords and i will uh, i will you know stop corruption and stuff a lot of Filipinos believed him. My family uh, actually, I think, voted for him. So, <laughs> so stressful. <laughs> a lot of Filipinos uh, really wanted change. So, of course, if you you are uh, someone who is tired of the previous president, you would logically just vote for this yeah. person. Yeah. And voters' education is like really low here in the Philippines, and a lot of politicians vote by. <laughs> So like they, they're at least in the local governments. I don't know if we're the national system, but they will just like uh, give you say 500, 1,000 pesos and you vote for this guy. Okay. That easy? Yeah. And a lot of people are into in poverty. So, you know, e- easy money. Yeah, I would rather have food for the next couple of days than think about my principles at some point. Mm-hmm. So uh, then uh, he won, and then I don't know. <laughs> he won, and it's we cried. Also, it's also the thing that's interesting of his election because he, he won because he is different, mm-hmm. like all uh, all the um, presidents who came before him was like you know the uh, stereotypical prim and proper type of politician, and then you have this one who again is like a bad boy image like it's very different it's it's also because a lot of his followers a lot of those who support him it comes from the lower uh lower to middle class mm-hmm. in the philippines and these are the people who uh had hard times in their previous presidency they uh, they uh experience poverty being jobless and things and problems like that and they have they see this person who has this attitude of getting shit done and solving this problem in this very direct manner it's it was really it's really amazing how elections turned out it was really like because there was this president that Rojas who was mm-hmm. also a from the Liberal Party, who kind of similar platforms to the previous president. Then there was, it, it, it's a full drama show in elections here mm-hmm. in the past, especially presidential. So yeah, it's really because he is different. And, mm-hmm. and, At least in his campaign. Yeah, and also because he presents numbers of like, this is how many we killed. Like, people see that as, uh, he's getting his job done, he's good. but it's, it's really just problematic because you can kill someone, put a placard on it that says it's, it's a drug user or a drug pusher. Yeah. Even if it's innocent, there's cases of like underage kids, like 17, 17 year olds getting killed randomly and they say it's a drug user or drug pusher. It's really problematic. Like a scapegoat. Yeah, it's a scapegoat. So the police or the um, 
military has just this liberty to just shoot anyone they want and just put a, a plaque or, or label them as drug pushers it's really it's really scary it's really surreal to see them in the news and it's really concerning because in the past few months it's became a staple in the news it, yeah. to, to the extent that it's like normal is it a day-to-day -day, like worry though for for people the getting gunned down um well it was uh, it was I, I, for me at least um i think i think uh, a lot of people were because that's what he was selling. If you don't use drugs, if you don't, you're not doing anything bad. You won't get shot down. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, a lot of people are still comforted by the fact that, and it's because also because the news doesn't really show or doesn't really tackle or delve deeply into the uh, the cases of the innocents being gone, detained, and other stuff. Um, a lot of people still has this mentality that I'm not doing drugs, I, I'm a good citizen, I'm a good person, I won't get shot down. Mm -hmm. But then uh, you go to the flip side of things, which, uh, which you see a 17-year-old student being killed and harassed by the police. But, uh, well, this guy has money, so he pays trolls and he's other stuff to, like, you know, uh, spread fake news mm -hmm. and then just troll the people on the internet and uh, do your stuff. So there's this, there, that's why there's still this polarizing opinion of him, despite all these hard facts, wanting to slap you in the face with him. Yeah. And also because uh, I think he's using the war on drugs uh, as, uh, it's more of like um, a distracting technique. like. Mm -hmm. He always reverts back his answers to war on drugs to uh, drug addicts. Uh, previously, I'm not really sure. Is that his only platform? Well, he, when he was campaigning, that was like his main, main platform. Nice. So it was it was his branding, which is which is why I actually think that he won because uh, there no is one a has drug. No tackled that uh, before yeah. so, in their platforms. So like uh, when when asked about all the economic the economic reforms and blah 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 he goes back to drugs drugs yeah. drugs and even now um with uh for example he, he uh, his administration brought the train law which is basically which be if for in a nutshell it lessens the income tax i think yeah it, it lessens the income tax of uh, filipinos uh but it Oh my god, I forgot my economics. But uh, the effect of this is that, is that it raises a lot of other taxes and therefore other uh, basic goods, other goods. But the problem with that is a lot of Filipinos don't actually have uh, are tax exempted because their salaries don't raise, uh, don't uh, don't go above the a certain amount, which you will be start, uh, which you will be started tax, yeah, tax for taxes. Cut. Yeah, so a lot of them are still poor on minimum wage. So you have basic goods that are rising, and you have minimum wage that barely rises. So that's gonna be a problem. And then when confronted with with that, uh, the senators and mostly him, because he usually gives the annoying speeches he goes back to the drug problem mm -hmm. so it's 
it's been a lot of talk here in the Philippines and in the international community, but aside from the problematic war on drugs, uh, we actually raised a lot of shitstorm here that doesn't really get out. He recently sold the country to China, so there's that. What's up with that? This is like the most organized this podcast has ever been. Also the most serious this podcast has ever been. Like, it's, it's incredible how serious this is. We don't have to talk about that. Um, let's see. We hit the one hour mark, which is what I was aiming for. Do you guys have anything else you want to say, talk about? And then we can do recommendations. Mm, I, don't, I don't know. Like, for, for, I think we got sidetracked with the art oh, yeah. education. Yeah. But I think it's worth raising as well that uh, given the... I think it's probably, I don't know how it's conducted in other countries or other universities, but I had this one class in my uh, college that uh, is said to have tackled art, uh, supposed to study art, but what we basically got was like a shit ton of slides and this is this art movement, which is like a good expressionism, Dadaism, but we don't really get any knowledge about it. Mm -hmm. And I think... It's like a Wikipedia entry and yes. that's, that's it? But actually, you'd have more information in a Wikipedia entry. And I think um, that's telling of how art is treated in, in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And actually, uh, if you say that you want to pursue art, uh, a lot of your... There is this superficial support, uh, like my boyfriend, he's a photographer, and a lot of people are expecting him to do his art for free for them, because, you know, relative, relative card, and also there's this, there's always going to be this question that, about, magaling uh, are you good with your art? If you are, then just go, but if you're like a starting artist, you, you don't have equipment, you don't have money, uh, you, they would advise you to go to work first or finish other courses because, again, uh, Filipinos need money to survive in this in this world, and the government, uh, the shitty government, is really doing anything about it. So, yeah, I think I think when when the system is fixed, when government does its job, I think then maybe art will uh, art community and culture will have a chance to actually be talked about to proliferate here. And, I hope that happens, but this person. Yeah. I hope so too. Yeah. I, I think also because of the political problems here, but the politics or the political climate here in the Philippines is really an inspiration for a lot of artists to really in their artwork. So um, issues like drug wars or like fake news. So uh, I've uh, watched some theatrical plays that tackles. Uh, some of these issues, I've uh, read literature that tackles about these issues, and I've seen art that were inspired by these issues. So I think it's... There's it, definite discussion going there's on. There's definite discussion in, in the art scene, especially, because, again, it's a big inspiration. I think it's great for artists to really tackle that through their art, but also it is important for us who consumes, I guess, art or appreciates art to bring this forward and actually talk about it. Sometimes there's this tendency for these conversations to be locked upon in just the industry of art and not really brought forward to more people to talk about. So I think it's really, it's, it's great 
have art created that talks about these things, but it's also important to take uh, those art and those conversations outside of those circles. Yeah, and give platforms for artists to really talk about that. Yeah, it's yeah. Really Art's important. People need to like, they just need to get in their heads. Yeah, it's frustrating. It helps. It like, it helps society move forward. It's yeah. not just like something beautiful, something mm -hmm. aesthetic. Yeah, especially in culture, it's really part of the culture. It's yeah. How, how you preserve culture, how you talk about culture. Mm -hmm. and way you make art and how that art is presented is also reflective of your culture. So if your culture, if your society just thinks of art as something that's pretty, then you, you would know that there's something problematic with the way that society has been functioning at some point. Right. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> wow. This is great. Like This is like way better than the other episodes. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Recommendations. I told you earlier that guests have can recommend something to the listeners. Do you guys have one? If not, I can go first. Uh, okay. Okay. I'll go first. My recommendation is an album by the 1975, A Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships. Okay. Good shit. Good shit, right? Favorite song? I haven't actually fully listened to it, so I need to listen to the entire album for it first. So yeah, uh, for me, I think I have three recommendations. No for, problem. Let's uh, do it. Uh, music, No Rome, really good Filipino artist, and I just love Troy Sivan. So please stand, <laughs> stand, uh, Troy Sivan. Second is the um, the most recent film. It's actually a documentary, but I think it's one of my favorite films. It's Dear Zachary. Uh, a love letter of a father to his son. I think that's really, uh, that's a that's its title. But yeah, Dear Zachary is really good. And lastly, is if ever you're in the Spanos, uh, sometimes every semester we have Zine Orgy. Uh, it's a it's a, it's a uh, Zine and art event where. Um, Local artists and um, student artists from the Spaniards and different uh, in Laguna come together and like showcase their art. So there's zines, there's stickers, there's merchandise. It's a really fun event. So yeah, zine orgy. Awesome. I feel pressured with the three recommendations. <laughs> um, maybe just two. Uh, first one is if you're if a lot of the people listening are into philosophy, uh, I would recommend The Good Place. Um, the show? Yeah, oh, the good yes. uh, I got a shit ton of stitches on my sides laughing. <laughs> so, and yeah, there's a lot of philosophy references there. And then um, for for events, uh, I would recommend going to Munzin Lupa. If you're in Munzin Lupa Manila area, area, Manila area uh, on January, there's going to be um, a Zin fair, like Zin Orgy there. So, uh, if you if you want to discover local artists in Manila, so you can just go there. So yeah, I think those are my recommendations. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for being on the podcast. Thank, thank you, thank you for you. having us. Thank you for having us. This has been great. It's it's a great first experience. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. I'm so glad to hear that. Even though the the location and the setting is not ideal, it's it was kind of loud a few times during the podcast, but hopefully you guys understood what we said. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Any last remarks before we end this? Um, well, I actually, Anything you want to connect, like uh, plug or, you know, work, art? Not really. hmm. 
don't have to. I'm just asking. <laughs> um, I think I'm good, though. You're good? Okay. Thank you for listening, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it? Yeah, that's it. All right. Yeah, I think so. See you guys next time.